Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, Collider fans, it's Harloff Minor or Darth Harloff or just me, Christian Harloff from the Jedi Council podcast. And you can support this show by taking a quick five-minute online survey to help keep the show free to download with minimal advertisements. Your responses will help connect advertisers to our audience so you can hear about products and services that matter to you. The survey is short and completely anonymous. Just visit podcastone.com slash my survey and fill it out. It can be completed in under five minutes. Thank you for your continued support of Collider and all of our great podcasts here on Podcast One. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Most people do not think twice or even once about things I find deeply humiliating. Things like writing their profession in their Instagram bio or wearing a jumpsuit. Yet I'm embarrassed every time I walk into a room because I know people will look over at me and then I'm embarrassed to leave that room because I might exit in an embarrassing fashion. Like I'll hold my neck at a strange angle and I'll look like a turtle. Excerpted from No One Asked For This by Kazi David. Available wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Today on Jedi Council, Star Wars Celebration is sold out. Got a bunch of new comics coming out and Episode 9 news. And absolutely, we're going to address what's going on with the Star Wars fandom. Star Wars Jedi Council. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Collider Jedi Council. I'm Christian Harloff, and we've got a really cool episode. I would say very cool, very (laughs) cool episode today. And man, are you guys going to have fun with that today? Because it is an episode sponsored by, you guess it, Denny's. Denny's today is sponsoring Jedi Council. Ken, what do you got there, Rich? 
I'll tell you what. I love Denny's. There's a Denny's near my house. I go to it all the time. I am very excited about Denny's <laughs> On Demand. You think I'm lying about that? You don't know no, how entertainment not. works. Denny's <laughs> has got cards, the top trading cards. You guys know there is a 12 exclusive. Oh, my gosh. I got them. I got them. Therm Scissor Punch. Yes. I got them. I've been looking for Therm. I've been looking to collect Therm. Each, each packet has a uh, Denny's coupon. And uh, you got uh, extra $12 worth of Denny coup- Denny's coupons in here uh, and a portion of all the sales go to No Kid Hungry. That's a good thing. That's a good charity. They do good work. I was able to go to the presentation when this whole campaign kicked off, and they're serious about what they're doing. It's good. There's also, uh, you know, do you think you have what it takes to win a dice game in the lodge on Vandor 1? That's right. That's the name of the planet. Then click the button below. There's a button here for a chance to win awesome prizes like a uh, Fandango movie codes, free food, and much, much more. We like food. We like movie codes. And if you, uh, if the dice don't go in your favorite, maybe Qui-Gon Jin could t- t- force moves that chance cube. Don't worry. Uh, you can always return tomorrow for another chance. And these cups. I have the Lando version of uh, Millennium Falcon cup at home, but I am happy to have oh, uh, yes, the best. Heist Chewy, as we call them here. This is the cups. These cu- cups are uh, $5.99. If you go in store, uh, you can also uh, go online, get your own collector cup. I actually have liquid in here right now. Mm. Christian, back to you. Good for you. Uh, I knew you were very excited and you finally got to talk about that. You love, you were very upset when you couldn't make it last time. So. I was also very upset about the food choice that you almost threw at me because I wanted, we'll talk later. We'll talk when about it we later. We eat some food. <laughs> yeah, I legitimately some. wanted that food. That's fine. All right. We got a lot to talk about here on today's Collider Jedi Council. And to do that with us, she's back again. One of my favorites. It's, I was going to say Josie. So how, how good of a, how good of a. What an idiot. Rosie, the Jedi Knight is here. Hello, Rosie. How are you? Good. How are you? It's good to have you back. Nice to be back. All right. We're going to have a conversation here, too. And I I do... Here's here's what I'm going to address right up top, because Mm -hmm. um, we know... There's a lot going on in general with the Star Wars fan base, and I think that there there is good in criticism. There is bad in certain ways that people present criticisms there is um there's a lot of stuff in general that that's happening with you know if you like something too much you're a shill if you hate something too much you're not a real fan in general it's a mess but then there's also something that when you start to direct racism racism and just bigotry and just disgusting stuff that happens and it, and it happened to um kelly Marie Tran this past weekend. That's why she left Instagram. That's why she there. There was there was a lot to it. And she was a very positive voice. Was an actress doing her job. And I and I've I've said this and I've said this to you. I didn't like the character of Rose. I didn't think the character did, should have even been in Last Jedi. Never in a million years would I ever write something tw- towards this woman who's doing her job, who is trying to make a living, doing the best that she can, whether you like it or not. Um, that's what she's doing. And it's like you can have your problems towards Ryan Johnson or Star Wars, the creative decisions, but there is a humane way to act towards people and this stupid, and it's what it is, stupid opinion that if I really hammer down and be hateful that we're going to win, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's despicable. Yeah. Um, there are ways to address things. Now, I want Ken and Rosie to kind of chime in on this quick, but I just want to let everybody know we're not going to spend the whole episode on this because myself, 
Wendy Lee and, um, and John Roca, we sat down for about an hour and we talked about this in depth and not just about the Kelly Marie Tran, but everything. There's everything happening in, the, in Star Wars uh, fandom today and what we think. And, and I'd love for you guys to listen to that conversation. The, the only, it's going to be exclusive to the podcast network, so you've got to be subscribed to the Collider Jedi Council podcast feed on whether you can do it on Android, you can do it on Apple Podcasts. So do that if you want to hear our full conversation. We'll also link that in today's episode. But real quick, you know, Rosie, let's get your thoughts here. When you hear all this stuff happening with... Um, with Kelly Marie Tran and what do you think what the hell's going on I think it's awful um I think that the fandom lots of fandoms not just Star Wars have become incredibly toxic and I think that I mean I personally love Rose but like you said it's not even about that either way it's it's Kelly is like a force for good she's a joy on the press trails there's kids and this is what people kind of forget is like the reason we all love Star Wars is because we came to it when we were kids and it made an impact on us and there are kids who saw Rose and loved Rose and who dressed up as Rose and and I think it's awful and I think a lot of it comes from a, a place of hatred that isn't really about criticism at all I think it's entitled I also I think it's ironic because it just it's proving the line that Rose says at the end it's like we don't you know, that's how we say by saving the things we love, not kind of destroying the things we hate is like they're not going to get anywhere with this other than just hurting, like you said, this woman who's doing her job and not only her job, her dream job. Right. She's a fan who who wants to who gets to be in Star Wars. You well, know, I think that the problem with these people, I agree with everything Rosie yeah. said. But I think the problem, Ken, is that these people do think that they get a victory. They see her lead. I like the mm-hmm. fact that she didn't delete her entire account. She just deleted her posts. But to them, that's a victory mm-hmm. to them. If Kathleen Kennedy stepped down tomorrow, that's a victory. Um, they do these things that they think are victories, and it's not. It's 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 just sad in general because I just thought at one point to where when the DC and Marvel thing was happening and the DC the the, the toxic part of the DC, mm-hmm. DC fans. There are many DC fans that are that are wonderful, but there's a toxic part of it, and it looked like that was the ugliest thing that we were going to see. I think this Star Wars fandom has surpassed that tenfold. I think this is the ugliest stuff I've ever seen in fandom. I also agree with with Rosie that there's stuff inside of. Um, you know, there's there's stuff inside of every fandom that can be toxic, but I just, and I also want to make it very clear, and I said this on the on the hour that I talked with Roca and Wendy, is that I think that you should be able to voice your criticism. Yeah. You should be able to say, I don't like things. And I think that there's a lot of times that people say, I get it. Like, there, mm-hmm. for the last, like, month and a half, two months, I haven't been exactly thrilled with a lot of the decisions that have been made. And I can't tell you. You know, you've seen on Twitter how many times people are like, you've been grumpy, you've been grouchy, you don't like Star Wars anymore. It's not <laughs> as funny. Where some woman called me a bully last week because I don't like Star Wars as much as I used to. And it's like, and first of all, I like Star Wars as much, if not more, than I ever did. But there's this, like, it's on both sides to where it's just like people just won't let people be yeah um and have their own thoughts but this is a different level okay mm-hmm. this, this uh, there's there's uh, i'm glad you give me a chance to say it i'm looking forward to what you john and wendy have to say and i think it's important because a lot of people are looking to us one of the biggest mm-hmm. shows out there at star wars to come down to this i i'll say this i uh, i not speaking for anyone here i don't think this has anything to do with fandom yeah. i think this is uh, beyond Star Wars. This is a long-held problem uh, that's now social media to give a voice to these folks. You and I did stand-up for so long. You know those people who would heckle, and then afterwards you'd be like, why'd you heckle? Well, it's part of the show. It's my right to do it. Right. No, it's not. Right. It absolutely is 
not part of the show and it's not your right to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on here, too? Uh, like, I, I like to, I, I look at it this way. I don't think Kelly Marie Tran was run off by fans. I think she decided, I have power and agency over my own life. I don't yeah. need this. I, I can walk away. And you like, she didn't delete her Instagram, but she took away the pictures because we've all experienced. I got to go to a Ryan Johnson Q&A and, and I posted a picture of him getting a birthday cake and people in my comments. But that's me here with Kelly, Kelly got here and Daisy Ridley and right. John mm-hmm. Boyega. Well, look and, at the Kathleen Kennedy post. Kathleen I mean, Kennedy. Yeah. I, I've made it pretty, I don't, I don't want you to finish, obviously, but I, I've made this um, clear that I think as far as uh, creative, it mm-hmm. needs to go another way. But how dare people on a birthday post mm-hmm. to on Star Wars, their happy birthday to Kathleen Kennedy and just this vitriol all the way through. Yeah. It's like, pick your shots. Pick no, your shots. Also, as I think like you were saying, it's not necessarily like when it comes to that kind of stuff and the kind of posts we're talking about, it goes beyond fandom. It's just hatred. It's people who, whether it's this or whether it's a different fandom or whether it was, you know, two year, three years ago, Gamergate, whatever, it's people who see, they use this as a flashpoint to like put right. out their hatred towards women or that, that that's that's exactly where i'm coming down on to because there's there's a fine line uh, of of you know touch a little bit on you say but but hear me out it, it's like if you're if you're like well you know I, I, this is how i i'm criticizing it no you, you know you're not if you're going into her comments and doing this kind of if you're going to disney ridley uh, ridley's comments and doing that uh they're hiding behind this kind of stuff that there's absolute uh rampant racism uh homophobic uh, natures and, and comments and, and misogyny and sexism that's being disguised as this across all not just fandoms that's why i, I get I, I, you can tell i'm a little grumpy because i'm grumpy right uh, because this week it's like i'd say passion star wars fans are ruining star wars this it's not even a, a surface level. They don't, these aren't even fans. Don't call them that. These are these are bad humans. <laughs> these mm-hmm. are bad humans. And and I I I, I am an Admiratus fan for a reason because sometimes I say we fight. And this is uh, speaking to the the, the the people directly who just who think it's their this is their right to go into Kelly's comments. These are at least Ryan's. It's it's as Ryan said this week. It's disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Because we well, have young kids watching. And we know as yeah. well as anything else. They're, they're watching right now, and they're going to leave yeah. stupid comments yeah. on this video, too. And that's what I would challenge the good fans mm-hmm. is, is not attack. Try to have conversations with people. Sure. Try. Because there are, and I will say this, and I got into a conversation last night on Twitter. I think that it is possible that through conversations, ignorance can be turned to understanding. I think yeah. that that is possible. There are other people, again, like Michael Caine says in, in Dark Knight, just want to watch the world burn. And I, and I know a lot of you there are tons of you watching the show that are going to be leaving your stupid uh, comments uh, about whether anything that we're doing here today or whether it's, you know, stuff that we're talking about and you just want to watch the world burn. That's your prerogative. You can do what you want to do. You will be banned and we, you know, you don't, you can go to a different show and you just want to show that you can scream as loud as anyone else. And you're, Go ahead and try that. Um, but what I'm saying is that we need to try to figure out a way to try to bring as much positive mm-hmm. back to the fan base. And, and I'm not saying don't criticize. You have to criticize. As fans, mm-hmm. if you feel you don't want you want something else inside this franchise, it's like being a sports fan. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're not happy with the way your team's playing, you should voice it. But do it in a way that doesn't bring out the worst side in humanity. Yeah. We talked about it. Like, we all love Star Wars, right? But we also criticize it. We critique it. We talk about it. You know, I wrote two pieces. One was about the things I didn't like from Solo. Oh, you're a hater. You're not a true Star Wars fan. One was about the one thing I really did like. You're a shill. Disney's paying you. There, it's come to a point where there's no nuance in the conversation. I think it's so fun to pick apart and talk about the things that we love, both negative and positive. But that's completely different from 
rampant, just straight racism, misogyny, and vitriol towards anyone who doesn't fit your vision of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I'll dress up like, you know, my voting record's different from Christian's in the mid-2000s. That's what I'll say. Right. Uh, So I'm speaking to those who want to make this into some kind of battle on drones. I'm speaking as a human being. Uh, This is, is, you're not criticizing Star Wars. You're not, you're not, you know, I I see, I've seen it. I've seen another line of work. I see what you do. You want to make death threats to people because of Mm -hmm. DC. You're not really doing it. Every death threat should be taken seriously, but you're not really doing it. You're just da, 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 da. And then sometimes it's going to find you. It's going to come back at you because it, it, it is you're hiding behind all the stuff. It's, it's racist stuff. It's misogyny, it's sexism. And it's how what your point saying, Christian, is great. I'm glad it wasn't on that hour-long show. I would have made it two hours. Uh, it's how we control what we talk about, yeah. how mm-hmm. we control, how we, how we put in the narrative. Uh, I am generally, you know, I'm generally positive about stars. I love the prequels. Gosh darn it. Because you know why? There's some silly, ridiculous stuff in there. But if you choose to dig deeper, you'll find out. You'd want to choose to dig deeper into Solo. I can give you an essay about Mm -hmm. the importance of Kira's motives, how she's playing Han, she's playing Maul, but protecting Han, and Han's too dumb to see it. There's stuff Mm -hmm. there that's so deep, you don't want to hear that. You just want to tweet some stuff because you're not really here for the conversation. You're here to watch the world burn. Mm -hmm. All right. So, like like I said, um, there is a lot to be said about this topic. Please, if you have not subscribed to the Collider Jedi Council podcast feed, do that right now. The link is in the description. We'll put it a little higher up in the description for you guys to subscribe. And it's probably going to be uploaded around the same time as this one is. So go on over there and listen to myself, John Roca, and Wendy Lee. And we really get into it for about an hour. But now let's move on. We're going to talk about the stuff happening in the world of Star Wars movie news. There's the droid. And we are going to figure out everything. I never want to name him. Never He's wanted never I know. Him. I always want to get with the contest. Now, like Yoda's species, I don't want to ever name him. I kind of <laughs> want to name him MSTH. That's uh, it. Whatever you want, you know? Like, whatever. Um, there's stuff we're going to talk about in the world of Star Wars because it's going on in the movies, and there's a lot happening. Ken, what do you think? All right. Well, Star Wars Celebration, Chicago 2019, that we know. And here's what's very interesting. All this stuff online, you get to a celebration, everyone's in front of each other, face-to-face, mm-hmm. almost hand-in-hand. The vibe of every Star Wars celebration I've been to is one of great joy and celebration. I hope this year that continues uh, because it's amazing what happens when you're in front of the people uh, that you enjoy talking Star Wars with. Uh, the tickets, though, <laughs> sold out. Five-day yeah. tickets. This is a wow. five-day event. Wow, that's a lot of convention. I uh, just recently spent five days in Vegas, and that is a trial of your soul. So <laughs> a five-day convention, Christian, sold out. This means people want to come celebrate Star Wars. Absolutely, and I think this goes back to the, 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 the fan base that is excited, wants to see what's mm-hmm. going to be happening, a lot of, a lot of um, announcements that are going to be made at this one. And with this also plays into the fact that there was no celebration this year. Yep. Um, so you get five days of Star Wars celebration, and... There's going to be tons of new announcements. There's going to be trailers. There's going to be... I mean, you look at all the stuff that's going to happen. I mean, just let's just speculate for it, right? I mean, you got... Parks. Well, parks, definitely. I mean, yeah. def- I mean mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be... It's the same year that the, that the parks mm-hmm. open. So there's, you're going to get some parks stuff for sure. Um, that, that's absolutely going to happen. Yeah. This, this, the, the new animated show... The new live show. Yeah. Um, you're going to get stuff from, you're probably going to get the first trailer from episode nine. Um, maybe some more details on the Benioff and Weiss stuff. I think that you'll get, whether or not Obi-Wan is announced at that point or it's going to happen, the Boba Fett thing. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion at this moment, whether it's right or wrong, is I do not think you're going to hear anything about the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I don't think that that trilogy is going to happen anymore. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but 
We'll see. Um, but out of all that stuff, that's a lot of details. That's a lot of things yeah. that can come out. And I think that we can have five days of really incredible stuff. The Star Celebration to me when I went in it, to the Orlando one and the Anaheim one were the two I had mo- the most fun I've ever had at any convention. We, it, we go to a lot of conventions yes. in this yeah. job. Uh, we, when I worked for Screen Junkies, we literally traveled to about one every six weeks. Nothing like Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, it's great. Rosie, so f- are you surprised it sold out as fast as it did? I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, I write a lot about Star Wars, and I just have seen kind of the... Uh, there's obviously the side that we talked about earlier, but I see this whole other side where it's like new young people like people with kids who get in touch and be like oh my god yeah my kid loves this or oh you're covering forces of destiny and i think that there's this vast star wars fandom that's actually ever growing and i think that the fact that it's in chicago means that you're going to get a whole different fan base who don't have to travel who can get to go to for the first time you're going to get all different people families people who just love disney I've met a lot of those kind of people since I right. came here who go to Celebration because of Disney now. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not surprised. I've never been to Celebration. Oh, really? Yeah, never. Oh, man. I, Are you I, going to Chicago this year? You're just going to see. I'm, I'm going to see. I'm going to wait and see. I hope so. You know, I like Chicago yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah. and I, I've never been to Celebration. But um, I'm, I'm really happy. I, I think it's a nice counterpoint, like you said. It's like it's this really positive thing where everyone wants to go and do it. And I've been to a lot of conventions because I make comics. And... Uh, Five days is intense, but yeah, I think yeah. five days of like celebrating Star Wars, like you said, in a climate where there could possibly be just new information and news every single day is yeah. it's a lovely thought. Well, Ken, we're going to be there. Uh, I mean, I already I'm working on it. It's not confirmed yet, but I'm working on Jedi Council, working on another Star Wars showdown while we're there. Uh, ready in contact, trying to make that work down, uh, work out. But um, what do you? Am think? I going? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you there one way or another. Because I've been telling people like I can't afford it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you a badge and I'll find a way to get you there. So if we're going, you're going. Uh, individual day tickets are still available. I do want to keep that part of the story going there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. Think? Well, what do you think about as far as, so? Let's speculate a little bit. What do, you, what do you think we're going to get, like, as far as announcements? I mean, like I said, I, I made my, my calls what I think is they're yeah. going to be heavy push, heavy push because what, you, what happens every Star Wars celebration, because it's changed from what Star Wars celebration used to be before Came Disney. Came out of the prequels. Yeah. yeah. Before, Disney, yeah. Yeah, before Disney bought Lucasfilm, um, it was a very different type of thing. Now it is absolutely a news aggregator. I yeah. mean, it, it, yeah. it is. And I think that that, that really pushed it in their face during the London one mm-hmm. because when they went to, when the London one didn't deliver very well the biggest news that came out of it was Thrawn and they went Oof, we were kind of overwhelmed we we didn't realize we really have to push it because the team over there is working really hard the Lucasfilm yeah. team that organizes this thing and it's a smaller team that puts together a lot of people don't know that <laughs> yeah, a lot of people it's like yeah. two people it's a small <laughs> team and they crush it with the details everything yeah. they do so the fact that they're putting together these five days could, I can't imagine how overwhelming it is for them but it's the setup. They know that they have to hit. They know they have to hit hard with the with the news. And and I think that with all the stuff they have coming out now, yeah. What do you think we're gonna get? I think you you will get to let's see. What is this? What part of 2019? April, April 2019. April. So we'll get, I think, our first real big look at nine. No yeah. secret about that. I think that might be the teaser time and it's everything. It's going to be the big, uh, the big story. I think that might be the big story. I think by then we'll either know or not know some of the things. Some of the things might be held back. I, whether or not Johnson's trilogy or not shows up. Uh, Favreau's TV show, the streaming service, big push for the parks. I think it's all that kind of ancillary stuff. Uh, and then I think we might have the like the 40th panel. We might have something like that. That is not necessarily news, but a right. big celebration of the history mm. and legacy of Star Wars. What it is, you know, you'll have uh, you'll have an anniversary for Phantom Menace. 
Mm. You know, maybe right. it's time to welcome Jake Lloyd back into <laughs> the fold because we ruined yeah. that kid's life. Right. Uh, uh, hey, this isn't nothing new. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe we bring back him. There's no way he comes back. <laughs> I know because because he. I mean, yeah. look at and, and a sad sad turn of events in his life, and yeah. that 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 was. We had the voice wasn't as loud back then, but the same results. Yeah. Right. So, maybe, but I think you have that anniversary. I think Disney is more apt to be Lucasfilm. I should say more apt to celebrate. You the think James Mangold goes? You think? You think Ewan McGregor is there? I mean, I hope because if I don't get if an Obi Wan movie, I'm going to move to Montana and stop talking about <laughs> Star Wars. It. And that's it. What do you yeah. think? What, uh, no, I think I think you're right about Phantom Menace. I think especially um, with Solo and kind mm-hmm. of what we know about it now and everything. I think there's pretty uh sensible guests to celebrate it i also think that they'll probably like jj's talked a lot about bringing the three trilogies together and, yeah and so i think there'll probably be a big legacy panel yeah i also think it's going to be heavy on tv i yeah. think uh yeah. the animated stuff they know that that is like one of their biggest strengths now they know people get a lot well, of canon especially got Filoni working, yeah. exactly like so you get you get feloni you talk about the we know we have an idea of one of the new shows, but there's a potential that there's likely going to be another one, and yeah. I think that will be, like, a big talking point. And obviously, yeah, nine. Yeah. All right. Ken, what's next? All right. Coming up next here on Jedi Council. Oh, we're talking about episode nine already. The production title's been changed. I forget what the original one was. Do you know what it was? Was it Blue Harvest 7? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> but it has been changed Trixie. to... Uh, I'm reading this story for the first time right now. That's what it is. I uh, can't find the name Trixie, of it. isn't it? Go yeah, to Denny's. Trixie. Trixie. Yeah. There with, it is. I saw it. Trixie with a capital X. Yeah. Oh, as Ned Flanders would say, that is sinful. Um, that is uh, the new name. IX. Oh, Black Diamond was the original name, which okay. is a great song uh, by Kiss, covered by The Replacements, too. Black Diamond. What do you think about this? I mean, yeah, okay. I just, like, I just stumbled through that. That's what you give me. I mean, well, it's, it's got nine in it. I mean, yeah, it's got nine in it. But it's, 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 I oh, I see what you did. I just, you didn't hear when I said IX. I, I wasn't paying attention. I was trying to stumble through a story I just read for the first time. I right think here. it's like I think that Space Bear was more exciting yeah. <laughs> when they had the Last Jedi yeah. Space Bear. That was like, you're like oh, Ewoks. it's it's well. fun. It's just like, again, it just it just makes it, this this is something that's been happening a lot with a lot of films. So it, it's fine. I just worry too much about jj's ultimate secret thing that he does and it's like let's let's see how it works out because this is a very important movie to market yeah this is a very very important movie to market they have to market this the right way um they have to have the right plan in order this is a very important movie for the star wars fandom in general so uh it's it's gonna be something um, and I am very excited for it. I want to see what JJ, how JJ closes it out. I want to see what he's able to do. I think that, like you said, I think that we're going to see some interesting stuff there that does combine all three of the trilogies. Yeah. I think that there's going to be things that he introduces and reintroduces into this movie that is going to do very similar things to what Game of Thrones did for fans mm-hmm. this season. I think it's going to happen. So, um, Trixie. Trixie. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. All right, what's next? Uh, well, I'll tell you what it is what it is. Uh, Colin Trevorrow speaking with Empire, not the uh, organization, the magazine, uh, finally shed a little light on his departure for episode nine. Kidding. He shed no light on it. <laughs> In fact, the quote actually starts with, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to affect the way the fans get to see these films. He goes on to say, and I think it's important, when we were kids, these movies came out to us from far away. They were a gift. And the more we talk about how they're made, the more it reveals that they're just movies. But they're not just movies. They're more than that. Beyond that, I got the opportunity to tell a story that's a celebration of everything I believe in. I got to tell it to George Lucas. I got to tell it to Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill. And those are experiences 
Jesus I will cherish for the rest of my life here. So I, I think actually there's a lot of truth. We cannot put uh, put this stuff back in uh, the Pandora's box, mm-hmm. the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. We've seen it. In fact, you know, you and I wrestling, you know, back in the day, you, you know, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall show up. We had no idea. Nowadays, we know their contracts up, this and that, and they were seen at the Atlanta offices. You know, some of the yeah. magic's taken. We can't change that, but I understand what he's saying. I, I agree with him. I think that there's also a thing that, you know, when you're working with somebody and uh, and you're working with somebody for a little bit and you, you have an agreement with somebody that certain th- times you may get along with people, you may not get along yeah. with people, you might have a vision, they might not have a vision, it might not work out, they might move on. I think it is morally for both parties, keep it under. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it under. You don't need to talk about it. So I've worked with somebody in the past. We worked for a bit together and then that person decided afterwards to go and, and, and talk, 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 talk. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's your prerogative. You can do that, but what does that do for our relationship mm-hmm. going forward? Like, what does that do as now you, 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 you can choose and say, well, that's the kind of bridge I don't want to, I don't want to. Yeah. He doesn't want to do that. Well, no, I, I think that that actually, that was the main thing I got from this quote was there'd been kind of talk. We actually talked about it like when I was last at Denny's and it was like about this kind of shade. Had he like thrown, had he thrown shade? Had he like been kind of tweeting and subtweeting Disney and I think this yeah. the first thing I read from this was just like he just wants to go out there and be like no it was like a dream project didn't work out right. like hi he still has a relationship with these people exactly. he still is working he's still a, he's still a producer and he's still on working Jurassic in Hollywood World. yeah and he's like and and like that is also linked into Frank Marshall and Spielberg mm-hmm. and everybody right, right, right. too and that's all links back to Kathleen Kennedy it's like you want to whatever you he can be and if it didn't work out the right way in certain things that we will never learn about yeah. should be upset that's up to him but it's, he's smart. He's a businessman. He's yep. also, he wants to work a little bit more. It's like if it comes out down the line, certain things, well, what's it going to serve him to start airing dirty laundry? What does that do? What? Like, what is he gonna, like he's going he's gonna to rally a cause? To, like he said, he doesn't keep it in because he doesn't want to affect the way people look at movies. It's like you, you want to yeah. go out there and shoot off and say, well, this happened and this happened and this happened. Right, everybody? And sometimes everybody will go, eh, we still like Star Wars. <laughs> you know, we're going to watch Star Wars. Yeah. So we're not going to listen to it. And there's other people that will rally against it, but what what does it ultimately gain? So I think he's smart to just say, going to keep it under wraps. Yeah, it's an interesting situation. You, you brought it up. He is a protege of Spielberg, Frank Marshall, right. and Kathleen mm-hmm. Kennedy. Right. That's part of his meteoric rise, whether yeah. you agree with that or not. That's part of it. They said, we like this kid. We like what he's doing. We like safety not guaranteed. You and I love that. I don't know if yeah, you like I that. I don't want to speak movie. for you. Yeah. Uh, you. You're the one who turned me on with this. Yeah. Watch this movie. It's I love movie. it. Uh, then he gets bumped up really fast. That's uh, that's a thing. He's taking a lot of heat for that. Uh, so I understand what he's saying. Yeah, you want to keep working. Mm-hmm. All right. You know? What's next? Uh, we have got the final story. Is will you sing every story from now. I will sing Dryden Voss's. <laughs> I'll sing like uh, what's it? Uh, Lulo Primak from uh, okay. Dryden's. Have you seen the movie now? Uh, I've only seen it a couple times. I, uh, there was yeah, this little yeah. thing that attracted my attention called the live movie trivia schmodown. Oh. <laughs> so I watched and a we'll lot of the previous movies. All right, we'll talk about that. There. Um, right. Dryden Voss's Lair, which is one of the more interesting things in Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is his little collection of goodies and the Star Wars show. Our friends over there uh, went and uh, they have a little segment. Well, I think Pablo broke it Pablo, down. Yeah. The, the mm-hmm. Pablo Doggo behind the scenes, I think is what they're calling it. Right. And he was on set and covered some of the things. And what was it? What, what, what well, did he really we, go into depth with? 
He's got the Sith holocron uh, thing there. Uh, I like that one. That was the big reveal kind of at the end. Yeah. To right. Where he was like, you can tell the kind of character that he has. And, and then, right. again, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie. You're watching Jedi Council. You should have seen Solo by now. <laughs> um, you know, by the end, when, when, when Maul is, shows up, it's like, and then you know kind of Maul's involvement in Rebels and that he's looking for Sith holocrons. It's yep. like, it makes a lot of sense. And there's nothing, and this is, this is something I have to give credit to the fan base on because it's it's you know we're having these conversations in the beginning of the show and there's I actually did get a lot of positive criticisms and comments about I didn't know where the timeline actually hit mm-hmm. with right, this right, right. movie I got a lot of great comments I said well actually Christian takes place about ten to twelve years Pablo or mm-hmm. Leland Chi had said where where it comes out and it's ten to twelve years beforehand so it's it's like when the movie ends it's about ten years. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chewie's 190 And the cold old. open is at the same time as the cold open as Rogue One, six years after Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, Rogue One, wait, so Rogue... Yeah, yeah Rogue... The, the cold open of Rogue One oh, with when, Galen Erso and every right. critic yeah, yeah. is the same so time that's as the, the same White time. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So when she's she's that... Yeah. So she's We're not talking like the same day or week, but Understand, the same Understood. Okay, period, cool. Yeah. So, um... But yeah, so watching all that stuff and watching Pablo kind of break down, they took a lot of stuff from Legends also. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot. Absolutely. I know you you were excited about this, Rosie. The Dancing Goddess, which is a uh, deep cut yeah. from Prince Zizor. We got the uh, uh, Zim's Death Head, <laughs> which is the Crystal Skull. And then also there, they don't really touch upon here, is the is the Idol from Rage of the Lost Ark is there too. This The Mandalorian Rally. the Idol. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Ran, uh, Mandalorian Rally Armor, which is kind yeah. of ancient Mandalorian stuff. We even, as Pablo said, on so Mando Mercs unite because this is a big thing. A lot of stuff in there. I think even more the visual guide. Um, oh, they so just keep getting better and better. Uh, going back to the Force Awakens visual guide to the Solo one, it, it reads like a book now. It's got stuff. There. What do you think, Rosie? So I mean, you're 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 a canon junkie, a legends junkie, and uh, so did you lose your mind when you saw this a little bit? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I think that it was, plays a lot on the strengths of Solo, which is taking the stuff from the EU and building on it, and taking some of the weirdest stuff. And and yeah, when I when I saw like the Dancing Goddess and stuff, like that, they did a really good job. And they did the same thing with Lando. Had they made a little video for Lando that was kind of similar. And it was less EU stuff, but he had a little, like, Cloud City. And and mm-hmm. I think they did a really nice job with this of kind of expanding on what we saw, especially because so many people noticed the Mandalorian armor. There was, a, yeah. there was enough things in Voss's place that even someone who isn't necessarily, like, a big EU junkie or has, it hasn't even really watched anything outside the main films felt like they were getting something. Right. So I, I like this because it, may, it may, lets other people kind of explore what they the bits that they work that right. they put into the film. I think John Kasdan is a mid '90s EU junkie as well. And and I, you know, one of the ones I missed that I, my, my pal Justice Scrimshaw Force Center. I think he said it here last week, but the highlight the little fish dish, the caviar that he offers is the one of the fish, uh, the always a bigger fish from Phantom Menace. Like that's <laughs> oh, how wow. deep some of the stuff goes. It's the same. It's like yeah. delicacy, and and so that's I think one of the big victories for the movie. All right. Definitely. So is that everything in the world of movie news, uh, Christian? That is. Oh, you look hungry. Man, you know, let me tell you something. <laughs> you guys have been going to these live events, meeting the fans, yeah. pressing the flesh, and getting some food. And I'm over here going to Denny's by myself, asking yeah. them if they have the cards. I've been well, waiting. To, I haven't you had get to eat any of the food. I haven't had to eat any. Well, of we, food. Rosie got to eat some. I got to eat some. Ellis did, and we all rubbed it in your face. Well, guess what? <laughs> Riley, get in here. Oh. Absolutely. So, you know, Christian. Guess what? We tell, got, us. Oh. tell us about it. Denny's Hello. on demand. <laughs> Bring it on. Denny's on demand is a new thing. Denny's is going to come to your door. Uh, you've got uh, your favorite Den- Denny's diner. They're America's diner. And they're they're uh, got this new thing. It's an online ordering platform. Oh, thanks. And, oh, pancakes. You got the, uh, you got the uh, pancakes? 
Oh, did I get the blaster fire burger? This is literally my dreams come true. Oh, thank you. It's got like these little tots and stuff in it here. Wash your mouth. Yeah, thank you. All right, Ken, go ahead. No, you go to Denny's.com or through the Denny's mobile app, or uh, you can get in store pickup or delivery where available. Uh, You know, after no longer have to settle for a limited takeout and delivery options. This is the full thing. You want the fluffy pancakes at midnight, which a lot of people do. That's why we do this. Uh, Eggs enjoyed home. Uh, A burger for breakfast doesn't matter. The world is your diner. Thanks to Denny's on demand, our sponsor for the day. And I'm looking forward to trying this there. I I figure that you are going to be when during this canon stuff, you'll say the story and then you won't be able to talk because you'll have food in your mouth. Christian, I like like to eat. You you don't know this. I know. That's why I was excited Uh, for you to do this. I am what's called a little uh, uh, fatty McFatfat Eaterston. I love to eat. (laughs) And I know I talk bad about myself and you tell me not to, but I don't care. I love these stuff. I'm going to eat. Well, listen, when you eat it, I want you to finish it. Then I want you to look into the camera and say the words we all want you to hear. And that's ATST. Can you do that for me? Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, you know, I subscribe to them. Okay, um, so, <laughs> all right, let's. You, you want to get to Canon? Yeah, stores? we got to do it. Now we're gonna we're gonna switch we on over. We actually got a show to do, and yeah. it's time for breaking new ground at What's the Deal with Canon? There all you right. go. It's time to talk about everything in the world of Star Wars that links in to. Star Wars. That's right. Into you know, the movies. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm opening the package. I'm like Jeremy Johns at the Rogue One screening. He opened up a power bar right at the beginning of Rogue One, and I wanted to toss him off a cliff at Kid. <laughs> <I love laughs> All right, what do you got? All so, right, first one, Marvel's The Last one. Jedi, number two. This is the adaptation of The Last Jedi uh, movie. It's uh, coming from... I have not started the series yet. Have you guys? Not yet. No, I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm waiting. It's yeah. very good. You did. So tell us about it. Um, it's Gary Witter who did who wrote yep, one, Witter, um, yep. and Michael Walsh who is just radical. He drew one of my favorite uh, modern X Men comics, mm-hmm. and it's really good. It's moving fast. Um, by issue two, you're already the uh, first orders after them. They know where they're going, and this this is an issue that really works and focuses on Ray. Yeah, and Ray feeling okay. the force, and also kind of looks at Leia in that way too, and how they both. And it. and it delivers. The, the, oh, it's okay. good. It's it's. I think it's not necessarily going to change anything for people who didn't love the movie, mm-hmm. but for fans, it's it's really nice. It has some really nice moments. They've done some great character beats um, with you know Poe, Finn, and Ray together. Stuff you don't necessarily get to see otherwise, and they and they've kind of teased that stuff. And it's nice to hear Leia talking about the Force and Ray talking about the Force. And I, I really like it. And Michael's art is really incredible. What do you think, Ken? You want I mean, to, I love these adaptations. Yeah. I'm a little behind. I told you now. I go to the shop about once every four or five weeks. Yeah. But uh, Earth Two and Northridge. But um, yeah. I uh, I love the Rogue One adaptation. Uh, I, I thought the Force Awakens was really good, but the Rogue One one, the Rogue One. You did love it. I remember. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It really added some new things in there. So I'm looking forward to it. Mm. It's always interesting to to tell a story again in another medium. I'm a big Douglas Adams yeah. fan, and he believed in telling a story over and over, but different each time with each medium. So I'm curious with these little new wrinkles. I love these adaptations. Just like the Thrawn one, yeah. uh, but Jody Howes is going great. So. Oh, okay, cool. so good. What's, uh, what's next? Uh, Most Wanted by Ray Carson, his new prequel book by Solo, uh, uh, to Solo, focusing on Han and Kira's teenagers in Corellia. I have my little uh, scum it. rat yeah. hands on it. Me too. Um, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to dive into this because I hope... Hope. It really will shed some more light into Kira, much like Rebel Rising did to Jin Ursa. Mm-hmm. I really am intrigued by the character of Kira more and more. I had a good conversation with my pal Scrimshaw about what it means, some of her decisions, what they mean, what they represent. 
too, that Han is is literally sometimes being told by her the direct plots, and he's like, I, I got it. Uh, there's some stuff there that I really, really like, and I, I hope this kind of really gets me more insight into her character. Um, have you gotten a copy yet? I you, have not. You, but you're looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I love, I love these books. Um, I, I really like Trouble Rising um, and uh, the the Tico Sisters one as well. Like the middle grade stuff, I really kind of enjoy this and and the stuff that builds on the characters. Yeah, I'm excited to read it. I didn't. They Kira and Han were not my favorite characters out of the movie, so I would really like to kind of read this and then get to revisit the movie and see if it adds something yeah, for me. That's good. I mean, I'm, I have it also. I'm going to kind of dive into it this weekend and see. Um, yeah, I'm curious how they, because when you read a lot of how these authors write Han for obvious reasons, and they, they before this before solos, they wrote it picturing Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. So when they're writing it now, who are they? Are they picturing mm. young Harrison Ford? Are they picturing Alden? Are they picturing, uh, picturing a mixture of both? Mm. Um, because it's different to say you can't look at them like that when you're watching the movie. Yeah. And, and worry, but but you're, but the personality of Han Solo was made by Harrison Ford. So and Alden kind of carried on a lot of that in, in Solo. So the question is, are they are they going to take? Because and he brought it, and he brought his own to it in the movie mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and there definitely. are certain things that he did in the movie that Harrison Ford did not. So I'm very curious to see how they write him in this book. It's totally interesting. I mean, yeah. I w- we'll fight Rosie. Han Solo is my favorite character in Solo. I really think they <laughs> nailed this character, the yeah. core of the character. Uh, and I think at times he's more Solo than Solo. I, I think he. Uh, that's why you Harrison, mean Harrison Ford. I, I, that's why Harrison Ford keeps saying this kid made choices and, uh, as an actor that I like. So I'm curious to see if it, if it, that. Yeah, it's an excellent point going forward. Which version is yeah. it? I mm-hmm. think you're. I, I respect your opinion. I think yeah. you're you're uh, out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. but I, I respect you. I respect your opinion. Um, I just that that's a conversation that you and I can have for an hour the on a podcast. Core, <laughs> the core of the character is in that moment when right. Kira tells him you're a good guy. All right, I, that's again, forty years of solo is, right there. All right, is that everything in the? That is everything. Yeah. Battlefront Two released some of the solo I stuff there. Yeah. it's not. Uh, I know EA Play is going on right now. Yeah. All that kind of do stuff. Some stuff at E3. We might get soon, yeah. some more stuff yeah. out of that. Okay, that's everything in the world of canon. Now we're going to get to you guys, to where we're going to go to the tweets and Facebook Clatter Jedi Council fan group. You guys went over there. We asked you to submit some questions. You hashtag Clatter Jedi Council on Twitter. Just submit it to the forum that the good admins over at the fan group do, and we're going to get some uh, questions. What do we got? All right, this is from uh, the Amazing Web. The Amazing Web. The Amazing Web. There you Prove go. it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How drastic do you think the changes will be from Last Jedi Episode Nine story-wise? Will Finn now have a family with Rose? Will Rey have a bunch of young new Jedi to come Kylo and his forces, et cetera, et cetera? Where do you think it goes, Christian? Well, let's speculate because that's what we—that's yeah. uh, what we haven't mm-hmm. been doing as much as, as I, I love doing that kind of stuff. That's my that's, fave. That's kind of how we <laughs> built up the, the show in the first place, and mm-hmm. I want to go back to that. Um, let's address the first two questions. Mm-hmm. And do I think that Finn and Rose will have a family? No, I do not. Do I think they'll be together? Possibly. Damn it, I wanted that burger. Um, <laughs> and then, it's good, huh? And the, the second, I don't think Ray's going to be training Jedi. I don't think that we're going to, I think that everybody wants a whole yeah. bunch of Jedi, and I think that we're going to want a new academy. I have gotten away from always hoping that there's going to be so many Jedi running around. For some reason, they don't want to give us more than like two or three Jedi at the same time. They did in, in the prequels, yeah. obviously, but not in these new. Trilogies. So I don't think that's going to happen. That one I'd like to see happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, as far as drastic changes, yes. 
Yeah. There'll be tons of drastic changes. I think going back to what we were talking about in the beginning of this show, I think that there'll be references from the prequels. I think there'll be references from the original trilogy. I think there'll be characters from the new trilogy yeah. that show up that maybe we weren't expecting. I think that things are going to be looped in. I think things are going to be retconned in a way that we, well, it's not really a retcon because of this and that and this and that. I think there's going to be some radical changes. I think there's going to be a lot of different moves and there's going to be a lot of fan service. Now, you choose whether or not you want to think that as an ugly term. I do not. What do you think's going to happen? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't think Grin and Finn and Rose will be together. Uh, I do think there's going to be a lot of drastic changes. We've talked about this a lot, and this is my favorite part of this fandom. It's really what I've built my writing career on, is just guessing, looking at what I know from Star Wars and thinking what's going to happen. Big time jump. We've said that. We both believe that fully. Um, I don't think we'll see Rey training the Jedi either. I Originally, when I was first watching The Force Awakens, I had a feeling that they might try and do the original Finn, Ray, and Poe all as force sensitive and work more with the idea of force sensitive people. I don't think they'll do that after they made Finn like kind of more comedy relief in the in the Last Jedi. But um, in the comics, Poe he grew up. Uh, his mum Shara Bay she fought with Luke, and, yep. and they found the force trees. Yep. And Poe grew up around a force tree. And I, I still think that there's something in that, maybe. But again, with post characterization in The Last Jedi, I don't really know. Last Jedi threw a lot of my theories through the loop. Yeah. Uh, and I think big time jump. Um, I think there will be multiple Force users. Yeah. I think Jedi might truly have ended in the way that we know it. And it might be more about the way people work. But I also do think that from the outside stuff, from uh, books, especially in the animated show, I think they really set up some good ways to make all three trilogies link together, whether it's time travel, whether it's portals, whether it's force ghosts. I think we're going to see all kinds of characters yeah. coming together in this last movie to kind of cement that this is a well, nine thing. Yes, and, and I, they were all in agreement that Luke's coming back as a force yeah. ghost. That would be absolutely silly if they didn't do that. I think another thing we haven't talked about enough, and they set it up, well, they definitely set it up in the novelization of The Force Awakens, and then they, they totally abandoned it in Last Jedi and then reintroduced it at the end of the movie, and that's Poe and, and Rey having kind of like a thing. Because mm-hmm. like, there was a little bit of a flirtation in the novelization, and then there was a flirtation at the end of Episode Eight, um, Kind of repeated the same bit, basically, just from a different movie. I think that they will be in a relationship. Um, I've seen a lot of fans who think that was like their ship as well. I think the, it was. That was I, the big... Again, I take it off of that moment that was from the novelization by Alan Dean Foster. It's like they pretty much hinted there's going to be this kind of romantic nod. And then, which is, it, it, it did bother me to where, and I know people make excuses for it, <laughs> to where it's just like, they never, well, they never met each other. They were standing right next to each other in the end of uh, The Force Awakens. You're telling me that, that one moment... <laughs> Poe just hears about this this woman who did all this this stuff, and it's the same thing with her. And they never once turn around and go, "Hey, how's it going? Cool." <laughs> Come on, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Here's why it's important to see the moment last Jedi. You want to know yeah. why? You want to know why? Ray is nobody. She feels she has no place. Exactly. Poe knows who she is. That's yeah. what he says. I know yeah. who you are. Right. And it's important. I agree with you. Throw the novel out of it. Just the realities of of being on Dakar during right. the time. But yeah. there there is some answer right now. They put it in some somewhere. He he was doing this and that. I agree with you. Right. But I think it was great to see it in last Jedi for that for that purpose. Right. It should have been maybe in Force Awakens. Yes. Yeah. But whatever. It's a continuity yeah. moment, especially post the Kylo Ray stuff. It was it yeah. it's a nice moment. But yeah, continuity wise, with did they meet or not in Force Awakens? Yeah. Right. Right. And it's it's, <laughs> um, a, it's a little nip. I, had a feeling like so jj had said before that he really wanted to have like lgbtq representation in star wars and because of the time jump 
I did think there was a potential that they might just have Poe, because in the visual guide, there's like a, they talk about Sharabe's ring, and they say that he's waiting for the right person. And that's for Disney is very vague because usually it would just right. say that. So I, I wouldn't be 100% surprised if, if they do a big chime jump, he has a partner who's not necessarily like Ray or a woman. But I also think that from the books and stuff, it's quite likely they might do the him and Ray. It'll thing. be Ray. And I also think that there's a, there's, you know, you also want to make sure that whatever it is, whatever your, whoever, it's got to fit the story. Like for my, the perfect example is I want to, because you have to be careful that you're not just doing things to do things. Because mm-hmm. I think that's too important of a, a, oh, a moment to just say, well, you know, he's, he's gay or he's not. Just to do it to do it. That's a disservice to everybody. Uh, you look at, like, um, Sanjeer in the Chuck Wendig uh, novel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Condors. Husband, it yeah. is done beautifully and brilliantly. And it fits. And the it's given na- space as it well. It fits the narrative. And then that his husband even comes back yeah. in the last shot novel, yeah. which was really cool. So it, it, don't just do things to do things. Yeah. Make it fit the narrative in the right way. And then again, if it, because that's the problem. Sometimes if you just shoehorn something in there to do it, it's noticeable, and I think it causes a disservice to what you're ultimately trying to do. All right, what's next? All right, uh, this is from Nick Field. Nick Field, Nick underscore 90. When do you think and how do you think the first teaser trailer for episode 9 should debut? We talked a little bit about the celebration. What do you think? They could follow the strategy of what The Force Awakens did. And if they do, that means you'd get a teaser in November of episode 9, which mm-hmm. I think can get some people excited again and, right. and, and get them all hyped up and give us like a, you know, a minute mm-hmm. teaser of episode nine, then get everyone talking and excited about what we saw and all the analyze, analyze the hell out of the videos and, and the trailers. And then once we get to April and celebration comes out, you throw, you have another one of those chewy I'm home moments. Yeah. Um, I think that that's what they could do. Should they do that? I don't know. I just, I think that you want to be very careful. I think that you want to give enough build-up to this movie to really just punch, 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 punch. And I think November, April, and then, you know, holding off a little bit, August or September, October, like they did, and then international trailers, movie. Yeah, especially they, they, are, they have really fantastic editors. Yeah. Whoever edits the trailers makes... Yep. They have a way of doing it that makes them great. And it's like it's all, like you said, it's all about making sure they're released at the right time with just a, enough to get people excited or to give a hint of or to make you think you have an idea of what the film is about and I think that will be the way they go. I don't I don't think there's any reason for them to change any plans that they have at this point and yeah, I, or can, a structure. Yeah, cuz can we've seen a different bit of a there's been changes in how they've done how they I think the first trailer we ever got from Last Jedi was that celebration, right? That was the first one that I believe that was the first one that we I think got. So, I yeah. believe it was yeah, the first yeah, one. Yeah, no, you're right. I think so. Yeah. Um and then Obviously, Force Awakens, that was the second trailer we got. So do you think they're going to debut the first trailer of Sea of Episode Nine in April? Because they, they've started shooting? Or they start shooting? Not quite yet. Not yet, I but think, they're getting yeah. close. They're getting close. Yeah, by, they're the getting time, close. by the time we get to... I always use the Guardians of the Galaxy as the example. of We've got a really elaborate uh, trailer within two weeks of them shooting. Yeah, which was mm-hmm. insane. Which was crazy. Yeah. And it was pretty... It was really detailed. Um, I think that they could put together a pretty great teaser for nine in november do you think they're going to do that they're going to hold out for next year interesting yeah i I kind of forgot about that i I saw the first teaser at the middle of a 31 hour shift on black friday so (laughs) i kind of don't remember then i i I, I kind of thought celebration was the first one but no you're right it was that first november one i think you could do that again i think that would make some sense give me a minute give me something 
Uh, and then uh, celebration make make a bigger a bigger teaser that, yeah. that would work. I like that strategy. All right, let's do two more. Two more. Uh, this is from Chance Cook, and I think we got a great person on this panel to answer this one. What do you expect slash hope we will find in the unknown regions in the upcoming Thrawn alliances? I know you're excited, <laughs> but Rosie, you love. I Thrawn. am. I do, and I love the unknown regions, and I think. I don't know specifically. I feel like the things that they're really going to be doing is uh, is just building more on the unknown regions and like what we kind of understand of them. I think we can start expecting to see characters that we either recognize or we've heard about, and we can start like taking whatever happens next. We should start thinking about: Are we going to see it in other formats? Because yeah. I really do think that that if if Ryan's trilogy happens, I think it's definitely going to be unknown region stuff, and I definitely think the Benioff and Weiss. If, we, if they do it in the way that we would hope, which is kind of this expansive all throughout time, that's definitely going to touch on it. And I think at the moment they're using these to kind of establish what we know. Yeah, I think that they've set it up so well in well, novels. And I yeah. think that we'll, we'll definitely see it a, a lot or hear about it a lot in, um, in, because they, did, they, they touched on it a lot in Zahn's last novel. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of that. And I think that they've set it up. I want to see them explore it in, in a show, in a live action show or yeah. in, in a movie because let's connect that and they're doing it and you know and i've been i've been pretty loud as far as my criticisms in regards to connecting canon well they they've done a lot of connecting in their last movie yeah 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 you've had your places that have the that are in the unknown regions that are in the movies and i think that we're really just going to start seeing them building on that probably also bringing in some stuff from like the older canon that we know um yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited yeah. about it. All right, Ken, last one. Last one. This is from Brandon Porter. Let's talk about music. Music is such an integral part and essential element in the Star Wars franchise besides John Williams, John Powell, and Michael Giacchino. Giacchino. Um, which composer would you love to see compose music for the franchise in the future? Maybe Henry Jackman, Alan Silvestri, or Ludwig Göransson, who I actually met. He's a great guy. Yeah. Talent. Uh, who do you think? Easy answer for me, and this is this is a bit biased because I got to sit down with this guy on my show one-on-one, which if you're not checking out on Collider Video, <laughs> make sure you subscribe and, uh, and go over to iTunes. Um, Brian Tyler. Brian mm. Tyler is a, you know, he's done a lot of stuff with Disney already in the Marvel. He's done, he did Iron Man 3, he did Thor, uh, he did the second Avengers movie. He did a, a very underrated score in Rambo, the, the last Rambo. It's a, mm. it's a beautiful, beautiful score. He, his, his library is um, in, it's intense. And he, 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 while I talked to him on my show, he brought up, he just casually kind of talks to John Williams, and they're, they're, yeah. they're friends. And, mm. But his understanding of what he needed to do, even something like Rambo, to where he had to honor Jerry Goldsmith and make sure he made it his own, but then took in a lot of the stuff that Jerry Goldsmith did, same thing with uh, him being friends with Alan Silvestri and being able to mm-hmm. then carry on over what Alan Silvestri did in the first Avengers and carrying that on over to Ultron. And that's what he would do in a Star Wars movie. I think that him and, and I'm sorry, I'm sure I'm going to steal this from one of you guys. I think Kevin Kiner is a shoe in. I think mm-hmm. Kevin Kiner should be someone that is, that is a, it's, it's a shame that he already hasn't scored a feature film because of his work on Clone Wars and in, mm-hmm. uh, Rebels. So those are my two choices. I think that they're both um, they're, they're both great. You got yeah, one? Kevin was my like go because I've I've been thinking about Alan Silvestri a lot. So I, but they'd already the person who asked this good question had already brought them up, and I was trying to think of other people. And I think yeah, I think Kevin is like 
just 100% has to happen. And also, I would like to see Ludwig do it because, like, his work on Black Panther was really amazing and his work on Creed was great. And what those two movies show, and also just, like, his musical work outside of that, he's really good at, like, making music specifically for a world. So if we're going to see more of these story movies or these one-a-year kind of spin-off movies or even maybe the TV stuff, I would really like to see the kind of unique oral experience Experience that he would make right. for that world rather than necessarily just even a score. Yeah. You know. Henry Jackman is another one too. Yeah. I mean, he's really good. Ken? Uh, you know what? I have to admit, uh, you know, I'm not uh, such a, I don't, I don't hone in on the composers mm. much. Um, I always have to kind of, after I see the movies the first couple times outside of, John, but even John Wayne's work, Force Awakens, I was like, I don't know, I didn't catch any themes and now it's like my favorite <laughs> stuff. I just, that's, I look at other things first. That's how I watch films. I know like you and Riley are huge fans who come right. out either. You just pay attention to the music more than I do. So I don't have a great answer. Kiner's great. Uh, I'm intrigued by what you're saying about uh, Brian. Brian Tyler. Brian Tyler. Yeah. Don't know, know him that well. He's really good. I'm telling you, like he, yeah. he like he would he gets it and mm-hmm. he understands it and he's a big Star Wars fan. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he would be. A, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he. I mean, if he, I think he even said, I'm not not spoiling it on on the show. I think he even said he's he's talked to them about yeah, it yeah. and. Um, and I would love to see him inside. And Alexander Desplat, who was supposed to have, who was supposed to do, he's supposed to do Rogue One. Let's see. I mean, there's tons of new composers that I like. Who does the music for Game of Thrones? Do you know? Uh, uh, Jawadi, Raman Jawadi. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe they they go and get him for uh, oh, for the for, for show, the yeah. yeah for the Benioff and Weiss show. So there's tons of composers out there. I'm excited, but I'm also excited to say thank you to our panel here today. Thank you for Denny's for sponsoring the show, and thank you for you guys. I'm looking forward and scared to really look into the comments because I want to <laughs> challenge you guys. I really want to see what happens. I want to see if, if we can say, okay, look, I have my issues. I got my, my problems with certain things. You might have opinions about me. You might have your opinions about Ken or Rosie. I want to see, like, in general... Can we have conversations? Are we going to just scream and yell and then we got to block you and you can't have your voice heard? Let's not do that. Let's actually see if we can talk to one another. Let's try to be as a Star Wars fan base, like we said about Star Wars Celebration. When it's in unison, it's like the most powerful fan base I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it destroys me to see like what's happening right now overall because it's over this thing that we all love. And it's like the question then starts to be to you guys. Do you really love it? Is there something else inside of you that you just want to kind of spit hate for other reasons? Mm-hmm. Because I also I saw a big post from a friend of mine today um, who posted about a bully that he knew when he was younger in school, a guy that used to bully him all the time. And he followed up on this guy to see what was going on, and the guy died of a heroin um, addiction. He died, and he was had a lot of issues going on at home from growing up, and you don't know that about people. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying there's things that might be going on in your lives that you throw that out there. And I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that that's... Again, I want to make it perfectly clear that I hear the issues that you guys have for certain things happening in Star Wars, and I might agree with a lot of them that you're having. I just think as Star Wars fans, it's our responsibility to address these responsibly. And as far as the whole situation with Kelly Marie Tran, please come and join myself, John Roca, Wendy Lee uh, Zaney, as we talk about it in depth. Subscribe to the Collider Jedi Council feed so you can hear it. That'll be up very soon. The link is in the description. For Ken Napsock and Rosie Knight and myself, Christian Harloff, may the Force be with you. Always. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. 
and deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Why do millions of Americans choose to sleep on Bowlin Branch sheets? Is it the 100% organic cotton? Is it that they get softer and softer over time? Customers can't stop raving about these sheets, and there's no better time to try them for yourself or give them to someone you love. Right now, Bolin Branch is offering their best deals of the year, and you can get their incredibly soft sheets at incredibly low prices. Just go to bolinbranch.com to shop their best deals today. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com today. See site for details.